0: Guest offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today, myself, is your nerdy T D George, and with me here today, Holy Grail participant, my mom.
1: I'm fighting the battle.
0: Oh my goodness, the battle, the war. So last week we talked pretty extensively about Fate Stay Night, and we probably went over the lore, the mechanics of kind of how it is, which is actually kind of funny because when you actually go into the series. They tell you all these rules and people are constantly breaking the rules all the time all the time all the time and so it's a little um a little kind of interesting in that particular respect so um this week we asked you we asked you guys to watch a couple episodes of Fate stay night unlimited Blade work which is the which is available on netflix which is in would you say the dubbing was a decent quality people sound excellent oh thank you yeah yeah i
1: i think i watched i I watched fake stay night unlimited blade works
0: let me so the question i have so the question i have to ask is there's a, a girl named rin right she's got two long uh kind of tail it tails on yeah. either side she was like the primary focus of that first episode i presume yes yes okay so you watched unlimited blade works didn't mean to it's okay we, the goal was to watch fate zero because i think it offers a little bit more of a uh concrete sort of introduction to it into the series um plus a lot of people describe fate zero as the game of thrones of anime Oh. Because because it's because uh, the tournament or the war, um, people die and they just die. But everything feels a lot more consequential and dark in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, it's all primarily a series of people losing a lot, and still somehow like getting through it more. Like in Game of Thrones, like everyone kind of loses quite a bit over yeah. over yeah. time, and
1: yeah.
0: Fig Zero kind of re- mimics that in a lot of cases. Okay. Uh, but Fate Stay, Fate, Fate Stay 9 Unlimited Blade Works doesn't hurt as well either. Okay. Um, you got to enjoy Rin. Yep. Um, um, who is not exactly a Cinderay, um, which is kind of like the light. So Cinderay is kind of a character that um, that initially doesn't like you, but actually has this kind of like warm spot for you at the end of the day. Kind of like changes the new leaf by the end of it.
1: Y- well, yeah. So, yeah, she's she a bit of a prima donna.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, she comes from a prima donna house, uh, house of. So yeah, so yeah, she, no,
1: you get you get that pretty early on too.
0: So, what did you think about it? Let's let's hear your thoughts on okay, it.
1: Okay, so um, I I binge watched eight or nine episodes, mm-hmm. um, and and easy to transition between one episode and the next. I mean, they're they're almost seamless except for the um, the the intro.
0: Yeah. So like if you skip yeah. the intro and and the uh, the endings like especially on Netflix they just give you that button and they automatically just And
1: they just keep on going. Oh yeah,
0: and it's, so it's almost like watching a giant movie.
1: Yeah. And and that's very much how it felt actually. Mm-hmm. And it was it was interesting because um, each episode introduced a different
0: character or servant. Yeah. And their a, di- a
1: different noble noble servant. Servant. Uh, yeah. yeah. So each one introduced a different servant so so by like episode, episode, it was interesting because it, it, it slowly introduced people. It slowly introduced um, servants. Um, it um, definitely gave you uh, a feeling for the person. That was kind of the master mm-hmm. before you you saw them with a servant. Like yeah. you didn't know they were going to become a master. And then they and then they do, and you by then you already have sort of an opinion of them. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting the way that that was sort of crafted. Um, in in this version, it's interesting because um, the mas- masters always seem to be paired with a servant of the opposite gender.
0: Yeah, that was so. One of the interesting things was during um, during this one here is that a lot of the masters are have are have servants of the opposite gender here. So Shinji has Rider, um Emiya has Saber, Rin's got Archer, um has got Berserker, which is just a behemoth.
1: God, uh, what a nasty thing.
0: But but it's Hercules at the end of the day. Yeah. Who doesn't like Hercules?
1: Okay, but he's just—he's
0: just nasty. Oh yes, he is. He's, he's quite nasty.
1: So, so things that things things that that uh, amused and surprised me mm-hmm. is that um, the servants all have very distinct personalities, and they are battling, most of them, for their own causes, yes. as well as their masters. Hadn't expected that.
0: So one of the things um, that, even though the Holy Grail is supposed to give both. The master and the servant—a wish of their own desire. Um, we often think it's just the master because those, cause the servants are just physical or just physical representations of mana At the end, of the day. they're not the actual original people, um, but they are being kind of hosted by the spirits of those people. I guess at the end of the day.
1: Well, and they and and Lancer explains in in one of the episodes in which he he sort of defies Ren and and. Uh,
0: and archer. Yeah, I'm,
1: yeah, Ar- Archer.
0: Archer, he's the, I'm he's sorry, the one. That-
1: Archer, Archer, Archer defies Wren and um, and he uh, he goes after in- 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 Emya. Yeah. Oh, yes. And um, in- in- because he realizes, I think, that Wren that won't kill him.
0: Oh, um, Archer's got kind of ulterior motives for going after in- Emya, yeah, though.
1: Oh, I haven't gotten to that. No, yet. no, you
0: you won't have gotten to that part here just yet,
1: because uh. he does mm-hmm. go after him.
0: Oh yeah, no, with a
1: vengeance. Well, yeah, um, even though at one point he's sort of assigned to protect him and does.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting. Yes, it is. And then the uh, the, the assassin.
0: Oh yes, so the, the guardian so of the tower, the guardian of the stairs.
1: The guardian of the stairs, and and um, and then what is with the busty her?
0: Well, you, okay, well you might need to be uh
1: Hello, elaborate. Yeah. Okay, the um the bad guy and I'm forgetting his name, except he's got purple hair and he's uh he's one of the other school kids and he's Shinji and Shinji. then Shinji, okay.
0: and then the so writer is 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 it's the one with like the black mini dress with like pur- with like long unnecessarily long purple hair and a mask
1: and and huge cleavage.
0: Yes. R- remember Two thousand and six it's kind of you know it's an arrow it's an arrow gay, so kind of meant to be a little fan very well and i wondered.
1: i them. wondered if that was why they were paired with opposite genders because there's obviously sort of a relationship there you definitely get the relationship between Sabre and emya is kind of romantic but
0: not in, but almost like it, it's chivalrous at the end of the day and it's and it's, it's the, chivalrous, but, but there's it's the, kind of the opposite way where like. We're intentionally like that's the knight kind of protecting his princess, which is kind of supposed to be the kind of version, but the genders are flipped, yeah. So, like, despite the fact that Saber is trying to protect Emia because it's like, well, that's my princess, Emia kind of flips it a third time by saying, No, you're a girl, I have to protect a girl, and he ends up getting himself hurt quite a bit as a result of that,
1: yeah. And you saw some of that, mm-hmm. some of that happened. He stepped in to save her, and She's like, well, thank you for doing that, but don't ever do that again. Yeah. Um, so there's there's some some interesting role play, some interesting sort of quasi-romantic things.
0: Um, yeah, so in the first route... They Archer
1: act- doesn't know who he is at, at, at this point.
0: No, he doesn't, but he might also be letting on that he's not saying who he is.
1: Well, he actually said, he, he, he says, I'm supposed to tell you my name, but I don't know who I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But he's a little angry. Um he explains quite a bit in one of the episodes, um, as you get into like episode five or six, um, he explains to, to Emya who, uh, well, I'll go back to that part, but he explains to Emya that, um, that, that you might think it's, it's kind of cool to come back to be this heroic figure and then come back, but it's really not because you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I don't have a choice about who, who gets me and I don't have um, a choice about where I get sent. Yeah. Whereas Saber says, uh, in, in in a, in a um, very early on, I think in the second or third episode, um, she says, "Well, I've been to this time before." Yes. Because because Emia says, "Well, I can't take her around town because, um, you know, she she was, she won't understand our technology, won't understand this time period." And she mm-hmm. says, she says, "Oh no, I've been to this time before."
0: So a lot of um, what ends up happening with a lot of the servants is they get kind of... When they get brought into our into the world of Face Day Night, they get kind of pre-installed with knowledge. So that's why like a lot of these characters, which are of a Western kind of descent, actually speak perfect Japanese initially so they can understand them. Um, but in the cases of some of the characters, like, for example, Saber and Rider, they actually come with the ability to like understand how tech- some technology works, as an example. So Saber... Um, character uh, peop, uh, races of the uh, 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 characters of the saber class, not the character necessarily, but also the character, come with the ability of riding, and that, does, and that doesn't just exclude them to just horses, but they can also ride motorcycles and cars in a lot of cases. So they can drive them with somewhat expert level uh, expertise of driving a car or a motorcycle.
1: Well, uh, and this brings up another thing: um, Archer doesn't just Shoot arrows. He also has swords. Yes. So, so even though they they're named something in their particular class of, of servant, mm-hmm. um, they're not limited to, just that,
0: that type of weapon.
1: Just that that type of weapon. And what's interesting is, like, archer tends to hang back and be on something tall, mm-hmm. um, because he has tremendous sight. Yes. So that he can shoot, and um, and so he tends to be outside the fray. Looking in, and almost to act more as an, an assist.
0: Well, he's um, the archer class is very kind of like a like a sni- like a long range sniper. Sniper, yeah. Um, and especially his uh, the way he manifests swords, which allows him to kind of turn them into arrows. And what he can, because they're pseudo noble phantasms, like he's re- yeah. re- What he basically what his they power- explain
1: noble phantasms. Yeah. So what yeah.
0: he so his what his ability is, is that he can recreate any sword he's ever seen before. Just by seeing it, he can recreate it. And so it allows him to see all these various swords over time and be able to recreate them. Um, but they're not true copies at the end of the day. So, like, it might be... So, like, a regular... Like, if something's like an A class, his is like an A minus. It's pretty good, but if you go up against the original, it's, it's not... Gonna, it's it's, gonna it's going to It's going to lose every single time. Um, but because he can make these noble phantasms, what he can do is there's an ability that lets you overcharge a noble phantasm to basically kind of get like a super power shot in. But once you do you you break your noble phantasm. Well because Archer can do that can make unlimited sort of noble phantasms, every single time he shoots one he just overcharges it and when it explodes so when it lands, it explodes spectacularly and he can just do that at infinitum. Cause he's not making true no he's not making the
1: they're or not the real. They're noble not real phant- noble
0: phantasms. At the end of the day, they're they're pseudo noble phantasms. But he can still do that in some ca- in these cases.
1: So it's, f- it's so fascinating to, to see exactly how how things happen because he's able to get around the, the assassin mm-hmm. um, and enter the temple.
0: Well, he went in like the back, or and he kind of went in while I think Saber was distracting Assassin at the yeah. end of the day. Um, but keep in mind, Assassin's not supposed to be the real assassin at the end of the day.
1: That's what they've told us, that he's mm-hmm. not the real assassin. But I think it is. He's terribly skilled.
0: So um, so in the Fate world... Oh, he's
1: wonderfully skilled, I should
0: oh, say. Oh, no, he's wonderfully yeah. skilled. Um,
1: yeah. More more skilled than, than Saber.
0: Of equal level, I would say. Because Saber, okay. obviously, is a swordsman of spectacular skill. Um, he's got a um, unique individual style of his own. But the reason he has a unique individual style is because that's how he was physically in the world written so in in the fate world um whenever you are summoning the assassin class you're actually summoning a series of these ancient middle eastern assassins they all kind of look the same they all kind of wear the same mask um it's what they call the true assassin so they're always summoning that particular uh servant at the end of the day
1: so it isn't it isn't a potpourri of of uh heroes from the ages
0: in this case, no. But I mean, like they. In this case, these all these assassins are heroes of their own caliber, but they're all just under the assumption of the of the assassin. In this case, for Fate Stay Ninth, the assassin that we see with this wickedly long uh, katana or nigatata nigata at the end of the day, this huge sword, um, is actually summoned by Castor.
1: Met Castor.
0: And so Castor, um, who is Medea well, from yeah. Greek legend, um, summoned him. But because, so oh, she
1: can't leave the temple.
0: It's not that she can't leave the temple; it's that she's guarded by the temple because, when she summoned assassin, assassin, basically, you know, assassin is not a proper summons at the end of the day, so he stays Cause at because
1: she can't be her master, his master.
0: Well, no, she is his master, master. at the end of the day. Okay. Um, it's just. Is that, this
1: another another thing of breaking rules because yes. because it's a servant with a servant?
0: Yeah, and yes, yeah, so there's a servant with a servant. Um, which gets slightly more complicated even later on. But because the servant wasn't properly summoned by a master, he can't leave the temple grounds at all. So he just he's a perpetual guardsman.
1: Okay.
0: So which is which is interesting. So you'll never see him anywhere else. Um in opposite fate lore for like fan fans and everything, he's presented as being a homeless guy that hangs out in front of the stairs of this temple. I like that. So it kind of ends up getting like a cardboard tent and like He's got like magazines that are kind of wrapped up, and he's got like a little like oil drum fire can. Eventually, at one point, he just because he can't leave the temple at all, he stays there, and everyone else who actually goes and works operates in the temple just kind of ignores him perpetually,
1: hidden in plain sight.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like an assassin. Kind
1: of like assassin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so things that require explanation for me, I need help.
0: Yes, I would be okay. more than happy to help you with this.
1: So, um, well, okay, so so. Let's first go on to to the owners of these things. If if Ren uh, is a is a diva, then you have the super diva, the owner of I- I-
0: Ilya. Ilya Ilya Eisenberg. I-
1: yes, where is she from? Germany. Because, okay, because she's certainly certainly not Japanese.
0: No, no, very albino. Yes. Um. So Ilya is a half human, half humunculus, um, who is technically That's a homunculus? Um, it's a man-made... It's it, Oddly enough, again, it's a man-made human, but, like, it's not a real human because it doesn't have a soul, in theory. Um, it, the human comes from, like, alchemy, where, like, you put the clay together and you yeah. infuse it with, like, runes and seals that eventually makes it act and operate like a human and like a puppet, but it's not a real human because it doesn't... It's not born of a human, I guess, at the end of the day. is a little bit different because she's... Um, her mother was a humunculus, but her father is, was a human. So she's kind of a little bit of both in a lot of cases. So she's meant to be kind of like the idyllic sort of version of the, of this particular fan of the Einsberg's magical craft, which is primarily humunculus is what they make. Um, but in this particular case, what's also interesting is that she is Emia's stepsister.
1: So, so they, so they, um, they They hint around that, and i and I already picked up on their's there she is she's they are related mm-hmm. I already picked up on that because there's there's and i what I was guessing was because we we learned fairly let's go back to emya just as a character in, in yes. the whole okay so emya um doesn't know that he's going to be chosen to be the seventh master mm-hmm. he um knows that he has Force. he was trained by his father but his father didn't really want him becoming a mage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so he was somewhat trained but not fully trained. Yes. And so um, he doesn't understand that he has this, he knows that he has a power which he keeps working on to strengthen and his power is to strengthen things. Yes. So, so here's the first thing is the masters, the mages, have powers of their own beyond just being able to summon the servant.
0: Oh yeah, in a lot of cases, a series of powers. Yeah, in a lot of cases, a lot Store it of n- stored in their arms. Um, so oftentimes, what a lot of mages will have will have, especially if they are the, especially if they are the eldest in their family, um, is what they call a magical crest, um, which is kind of the um, inheritance of all of the of the family's known knowledge. The sigil. Yeah, so it's like the sigil, in a, in a case of. Uh, Rin is an example that comes across like yellow, <laughs> uh, kind of like a light blue circuitry that kind of forms on her arm down her arms when right. she goes to use it. Um, and a lot of mages in and of themselves are um, their own, you know, force to reckon with in some right. cases too. Um, it, with some exceptions in this in in this one here, because uh, obviously Amia has some powers but is not very well versed or trained in it at all. Um, Shinji has got almost no skill in, in magic at all. Um,
1: he's just kind of an asshole. Oh,
0: Shinji's an old, absolute dick. Yeah, but he's the kind, But but he's a fun dick to watch because he because he. Um,
1: but nobody takes him seriously, and, no. and 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 actually, at times you should.
0: Mm-hmm. You he
1: reeks. He so he is. Bad chaos. That's the that's the corner I put him in.
0: Oh yeah, no, he's evil chaos.
1: He's evil chaos, and he's partially evil chaos because he's just not really trained well.
0: Well, it's not that he wasn't trained well. Um, part of the lore to the series, um, so a little bit of a spoiler, but it gets it gets mentioned. It doesn't get it gets mentioned in later routes and heaven feel for fate stay night, and it's mentioned in fate uh, zero at the end of the day is that uh, Sakura, Sakura is not actually a part of the Mato family. Originally, Rin, it's she's actually Rin's sister. Okay. So Rin and Sakura were sisters up until Rin was like maybe uh, maybe six, seven, eight years old. Uh-huh. Or six years old. And what ended up happening was is that because the Tosaka family had two very well-gifted daughters only one of them could inherit the magical crest at the end of the day and he didn't and the Kotamine uh, Tosaka which is her their father didn't want to have the two daughters fighting over that at all didn't want to see them in that kind of position and so decided that he would give his youngest daughter to the Mato family so she became uh, Sakura Mato at the end of the day because primarily what had happened in the Mato family was that a lot of their family members don't are we losing their skill with magic, right? And which is why,
1: like like Ren, really dev- devalues
0: mm-hmm. um, Shinji at a lot of cases. Shinji,
1: the yeah, and 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 doesn't take him very seriously, no. and, and rebuffs him,
0: rebuffs him very frequently,
1: and and has very low regard for
0: him. Yeah, and and again, that's and Shinji is a bit of a dick in that particular case because. Um, well, he doesn't
1: treat Sakura, Sakura.
0: Yeah, doesn't treat doesn't treat Sakura very well. But that's because once Sakura became a part of the family, they kind of lost interest in him because he wasn't because he had very low quality blooded magical blood in him versus Sakura, mm-hmm. who has like just amazing magical quality quantity of blood. And because they were ignoring him, he takes out a lot of his frustration on Sakura, who as as a course of learning the magecraft. Um becomes kind of like emotionless and doll and you know like if for her it's not her true family at the end of the day like she really wants to be with rin but they can't be she really
1: wants to be with emya
0: yeah she what is
1: what is up with that
0: so she is so at the end of the day here like because shinji and emya actually used to be friends uh-huh. It, it's kind of hard to believe, but... Be- right.
1: Well, you get that because he had been in the archery club and he left the mm-hmm. archery club because of,
0: of Shinji. Uh, because of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, again, Shinji being quite the dick that he is, uh, Sakura basically went to uh, Emiya and was basically like, basically wanted to offer herself as tribute because her brother was treating her so bad. Because her brother's treating treating... Well,
1: she cooks his meals.
0: hmm she cooks meals. She generally takes care of him. Because keep in mind, at the end of the day,
1: like none of the okay. So let's let's back up here altogether. Okay. None of these kids have parents.
0: No, I mean. They I, had parents. So like Sakura has parents. That are in the Mato family. A grandfather, I guess, is the best way to put that. Um, Sakura uh, Rin's parents. Are um, dead, died
1: or, died in the fire ten years ago, which was caused by the last
0: by the last holy grail war, yes. War, yes. Um Emiya had his father, which was Kitsarugi um, Emiya, who was in Fate Zero and you kinda learn his fate at the end of Fate Zero. Um but and Ilya again, her father was also Kitsarugi Emiya, so they're kind of it's yeah. It, one of the things we have to remember is that because it's based on t- in 2006 in 2006 uh, when the game or 2004 when the game came out and uh, to, it's based in 2006 a lot of sh- stuff especially aimed at that genre was aimed at kids or not kids Wait, but teenagers so yeah the teenagers, yeah, and these
1: are all all teenagers in high school
0: yeah um, but although later,
1: you get the you get the feeling Sakura is, is uh, Sakura is uh, considerably younger
0: um, so the best way to describe that here is that if Rin and Emya and Shinji are seniors in high school, Rin is a sophomore in high school. Okay. But based off the way they they the way they do schooling in Japan, um, because it'd be freshman, junior, senior. Yeah. Uh, Sakura is like a freshman or a sophomore. Okay. Um, she's only like a year behind in a lot of in, she in that She seems much younger. She's about a year behind.
1: She seems much younger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just, just say yeah. Okay, so, so back to where I was. Yes. Um, Emya doesn't see this coming. Ends up in a in a
0: this b- weird battle royale for no for, with no vested interest in actually even taking part in it. Doesn't mean to
1: be there. So he gets caught between a, a javelin and a lancer.
0: Yes. Yeah, so we uh, so at one point he actually gets killed by lancer.
1: I'm sorry, not javelin, archer and lancer, mm-hmm. and and he gets killed by lancer because you can't see have muggles basically. Yeah, it's, seeing. I'm sorry. It, no, it, no, it's, it's the
0: right example, right, okay. right way.
1: So, so you can't have muggles seeing this happening, and mm-hmm. he happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yep. And what was interesting about the way that was presented was that he dies at the end of episode one, but episode two is really all about him. And it's a replay of episode one from his point of view, mm-hmm. rather than Ren's. And I liked that they did that because um, it it gave you a deeper dive into into Emya, but it also gave you a better understanding of how the different characters work. So I really kind of liked that idea. I'd never seen that done before, oh, but yeah. but I, that was that was actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, basically, he 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 gets he gets killed and then and then ren sort of brings him back to life mm-hmm. and um and then he gets caught because he was in in this um he gets caught in this weird battle royale with yep. berserker and um and he accidentally sort of conjures saber he doesn't even really mean to do it hmm. And he conjures Saber. Yes. And he's surprised by her. He doesn't understand.
0: What she's doing there, how she got there. She doesn't know why. He, he doesn't, doesn't really under, understand why Lancer is trying to kill him at all either. It's like.
1: Yeah. So but it, it's, it's like it's completely unexpected to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that whole portion of his training wasn't covered it all covered it all and at one point in one of the later episodes he says that he thinks that his father only partially trained him because his father thought it was more important to be a dad than than to be a mentor or a teacher
0: well I think in a lot of cases um, if, so when mean, Emiya gets out of the fourth Holy Grail war he is a very broken individual um, the way uh, and when he gets out of the war he when he gets out of that particular war because again nobody wins that war at all either. Uh-huh. In order to be able to claim the Holy Grail, but th- um, but
1: the holy but but somebody claims the Holy Grail because somebody burns down the city.
0: No, no, uh, nobody claims the Holy Grail. Keep in mind that by the fourth uh, Holy Grail War, uh, the Grail itself is corrupted, and what and with that, uh, Kitsuneugi actually was in the process of winning the Holy Grail War because he was one of the last masters surviving at that point. Uh huh. Um, but um, when he went to go make a wish on there, it was corrupted, and so as a result of it being corrupted, instead of it. Offering a wish, it just offered wanton destruction, which is where the fires of the okay. Yuki City come from. Okay. Um, in, in case in point, in Kitsaruki's case, he searched frantically to find any and anybody, and he found um, Emi, He found uh, Shiro Emiya in this yeah. case, um, and he eventually adopts him and gives him the name Shiro Emiya at the end of the day. Right. Um, but in, by the time of Fate Stay Night, he's a very broken individual. He's you know, he's tried to. You do to see
1: you you do see him that way because they they do portray him mm-hmm. some with, with some of Emiya's training.
0: Yeah, so um, I think in a lot of cases he didn't want to train Emiya in Magecraft because he had such a because if, if, watching Fate Zero, you see that he had a really kind of shitty life as a mage. Is basically he's a mage assassin. He hunts renegade and heretic mages at the end of the day who practice. Um, bad magic that like like a lot of cases that create vampires and other like world ending plague sort of stuff um he was a guy who hunted people down bad like mages. an or yeah like an or but like but keep in mind that when he as him him as an or with like a rocket launcher and, and like big heavy machine guns
1: we're making the, the assumption that everybody knows harry potter here
0: which will be a topic here soon actually
1: oh i'm really good at that one yes
0: so Harry Potter will be a topic soon. Okay. But again, like, but you see the parallels to Harry Potter here as well in a you lot of do, cases. You
1: do. You do. Well, okay. If I were to line up, you know, heroic stories or or series that that I truly enjoy, right down from from Chronicles of Narnia, which is like one of my favorite children's series, and read it to all of you. Um, I love the idea of going through the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to line them up and you you took that and you took Harry Potter and and this is an example um and you know and, the, and there are a couple of others i could throw in there they all do have this a lot of similarities between being special being unique i mean the, really the thing is being special being unique finding a way to excel at what is your gift mhm and then overcoming obstacles and overcoming evil mm-hmm. and and there's a, um, I find in this one, I find in 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 all those sorts of stories, a basic morality. Yeah. And um, and part of that morality is, uh, is really that you have to take time to enjoy. And I think that's that's his message, you know would have been, I did yeah. this, and I, I did lost, this. Yeah, and I, I lost.
0: I lost a whole lot out of it. Because yeah. keep in mind that at the end of the, at the at the end of the Fourth Holy Grail War, uh, Kitharugi actually tries to go back to Germany to go visit, his, to go get his daughter. And he actually can't go back because they put up wards around the forest that where the castle is at. So he can't actually get back to the castle. He's, he can't actually. And that
1: and, and that's sort of like a force field.
0: Yeah, so... You, you've, well, not necessarily a force field, but it's kind of like... Do um, you ever get lost in the woods and then you just find your way out randomly all of a sudden? Like, you feel like you just keep walking forward. The back way doesn't I seem... have
1: gotten lost in, Not in so much of the woods, but I've gotten twice lost in jungles. Yeah. One of the times I was with you, although you weren't with me while I was lost.
0: Um, yeah, so the idea being is that, like, you walk straight forward, the pathway behind you... Doesn't seem like the clear exit entrance anymore, but you look in front of you, you're like, "Oh, there's the exit over there." Clearly, yeah, yeah. that way. Yeah. So it's basically kind of just feed you through a circle instead of going, to just kind of to get you back out instead of going straight forward. Okay. So the rune just kind of like manipulate to say, "Oh, yeah, the path goes this way, not that way." Okay. And so he's not able to get his daughter, which at the end of the day, like, Ilya feels really hurt that her dad never came back because the dad because said he'd come back. Yeah. And so she's really pissed at Emya because like, oh. Well, he never came back to me, but he started a whole another family and has somebody else. Yeah. Aw, you don't deserve to live. He was my daddy first.
1: Well, and and she's a, she's a proper mage, and he isn't.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost every else, everyone else, with the exception of Shinji.
1: Okay, so so here's a question. Mm. Mm-hmm. She comes across as a very young girl.
0: Yeah, probably like eleven, twelve years old.
1: Okay, and and Emiya is older. But okay, so Emmy is really somebody else's child. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, I, mean, I, Emi, I was trying to. Trying yeah, so a, a, piece a that apology. Together. Yeah, Emmy
0: is a, is somebody else's child. It just so happened to be the fact that
1: he gets adopted after that.
0: After the fire, fire. and Emmy, I actually can't even remember what his life was before this at all. Yeah. So there, there's competing theories that Emmy is a product of the Grail in some sort of way. Uh, but there's no nothing. Well, but pro- we, there's no we, concrete evidence of that. So,
1: so in the very beginning, though. Um Emilia does tell you mm-hmm. outright tell you I want to save everybody. Oh yeah. I don't want to kill anybody. And there's this there's this interesting play between Ren and Emilia where where Ren always ends up in in debt to Emya because Emya saved her however accidentally. Yeah. Uh, sometimes intentionally, sometimes accidentally, but um, there's constantly that balance where where she owes him. And I think she wants to be in that position because when it, when it, it's even, and at times it is, she saves him a number of times. Um, she still continues. I mean, they make a truce between them, a pact between them to help each other until...
0: Until a certain point.
1: But I mean, she educates him. Mm-hmm. She, she, she's the one who, who takes him to the, the fake, the false priest. Now, explain to me the false priest.
0: Okay, so, um... Kirei, Kote Um... Okay, so there's a little bit of backstory on K- and Kire. So Kire, um is a, is a priest, a part of the Holy Church, and this is the same Holy Church that has this kind Oh, there's
1: a picture, there's the Virgin Mary, the yeah. Tsar.
0: So, um... Kira, in this so in this particular case, the whole the church has always been kind of the arbiters of the of the Holy Grail War. They're meant to kind of step in and be like uh, non in, to be impartial judges at the end of the and, day, and
1: not and not and not a Buddhist temple.
0: No, 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 like a proper like again Catholic church. Church,
1: right? It uh, surprised me.
0: Yeah, yeah, but again, like you see a lot of how much they try to pull from Western.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Keep in mind that in Japanese in Japanese minds, like Western stuff is bizarre and mystic and like weird because it's not something they're introduced well, we to in a lot of kids we
1: could go back and have a whole conversation about why amya um has red hair
0: red hair because of anime I, I i i kid you not that's the only reason why red hair okay it's red hair because it's meant to be brown hair and it's meant to be light brown hair but it's meant to kind of also kind of make you look a little bit more different by comparison to everybody else
1: But you got purple hair, you got all sorts of things.
0: And purple hair is supposed to be, like, a lighter version of of black hair versus, like, a deep purple might be a darker shade of of that. Or some cases, some people have, like, blue kind of looking hair. It's meant to kind of, yeah. it's it's meant to be, like, black hair at the end of the day. Red hair hair and orange hair is kind of meant to say, like, you have, like, brown hair at the end of the day, but it's a little bit more lighter or darker by comparison. Okay. Um, People with blonde hair actually just have blonde hair.
1: Because it's blonde weird. hair is the best.
0: Oh, absolutely. It is. Um, but uh, so so Kirei was a part, So Kire is a part of the Holy Church, and he's also a mage. Yeah. Uh, so he participated in the Fourth Holy Grail War.
1: And he's evil. As oh he's, oh, oh, he's an
0: ass. Yeah. Um, but Kirei was actually Kotamine Tosaka's student. Right. So the Tosaka family uh, taught Kirei how to be a mage because he got. Introduces being a part of the fourth Holy Grail War, he never asked to be a part of it, but the but the Grail just said, "Oh, chose hey. him," chose yeah. him, and then he had to go summon a servant and eventually get that far. Um, and there's a conspiracy with the the Sotosakas and Kira in the Fourth Holy Grail War that's kind of introduced in Fate Stay Night and Fate Zero. Uh, but at this point, Kira is just a regular priest. At the end of the day, he's actually the arbiter for the whole this particular Holy Grail War. For the fifth one. For the fifth one here. So, because, uh, again, he lives he lives already, his his family has already kind of lived there in that particular part of Japan anyways. And as a former participant in the Fourth Holy Grail War, who better than to have, as an arbiter, as he's still a member of the church at the end of the day. Well,
1: and he's Ren's guardian.
0: Yes, he's also Ren's guardian because, um, at the end of the day, um, Tokasa kind of admitted that, like, hey like i may very well die in this so, but i want my wife and my daughter to be in to be taken care of and i'd like you to be that particular person um bad choice oh yeah the thing with kirei is that kirei had a wife had a child that both got died in an accident i thought he was a priest he is a priest
1: how can you have a wife and a child before
0: He's... he became a priest okay Well, some priests have wives, have... Not Catholic priests, the
1: Orthodox priests do.
0: Maybe. Um, Catholic priests aren't allowed.
1: That's okay. What what do the Japanese know about Western religion? This is true, this
0: is true. Um, So he had a wife and a priest at one point uh, who died tragically in an accident, but even when he had his wife and his child, he never seemed fulfilled. And he's got a rotating collection, he's got a rotating issue with himself that he doesn't know how to be happy. He doesn't really know what happiness looks like at the end of the day because he's never actually been happy. Nothing's been fulfilling to him at the end of the day. And because nothing's ever been fulfilling to him at the end of the day, um, he's tried to supplement that in weird different ways. By the end of the Fourth Mulgurray War, he realized, he kind of realizes, oh, I'm a sadistic asshole. <laughs> well, that's that's go, what makes me And, that's, and that's let's what makes go with old, that. And, let, and I'll go with that. Because keep in mind, like one of his favorite things to do, he likes this one restaurant – that serves this super, and I mean super spicy and hot, um, ramen, um, that, like, to the point that's making him sweat, and, you know, it just makes him go absolutely bonkers, just, it's so hot that he, like, wants to pass out from it, but he thinks eating it makes him better, because, like, if he can eat that, then he he can overcome anything, so he eats it fairly frequently. Um, but Kirei, again, is a, is a, is a, Giant narcissist, masochist. At the end of the day, he loves to torture people, and he—it's um, what he finds he rewarding. T-
1: well, and, and and where I got a sense of him um,
0: was it's just that smile and the way he well, talks.
1: Well, yeah, but he, um, so Ren takes takes Emya, um to to Kyrie mm-hmm. to um, to be educated. Now realize, I find I, I found the name. First of all, I found his name. Very ironic because in Greek, mm-hmm. kyrie is mercy. Ah. Kyrie leson.
0: Ah. Ah. Okay, now it makes more sense, yes.
1: We frequently say in church, kyrie leson. Mm-hmm. Okay, had Lord have mercy on me. And and kyrie is mercy, which I found very ironic
0: keep in mind like he's also kind of the same thing as kitsarugi Emiya, where he is a uh assassin against mages as well um there's a whole other story behind that in in the fate lore of holy assassins um but no yeah so the reason again rin calls him calls him a fake priest at the end of the day is because rin was there when he was being taught magic and magecraft and so she knows that he's not really a priest anymore because he had to renounce his faith in order to become a in order to become a magist So he but could, he's still
1: pretend to be a priest,
0: but 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 he and he lives and he lives in a church. he lives in the church, and he is um, by all accounts he's still a priest at the end of the day, it's still acting. Um,
1: okay, so so what what really I found um, chilling, chilling, Ooh. chilling. Um, was that he takes great delight in explaining to Emya. Emya wants to save everybody. He wants to save the world. He wants to be, he wants to rescue mankind.
0: Mm-hmm. And... Um, and that was his father's wish? Yeah. His father had that same exact wish, and he fell out of love in that at, due to the Fourth Holy Grail War. Right. Um, and... Kitsurugi, and when we
1: say his father, we mean...
0: Kitsurugi Emya yeah, versus Shiro Emya.
1: Yeah, so his his adopted father,
0: his adopted father. Yeah, tells him the stories of of when he was a mage and how he was saving everybody and how he was a hero for hero for justice and peace and kind of like the night before he died, like he said, "Nobody can really, you know." Like you know, and he asks him, "Is like, well, what made you stop wanting to be a hero?" And he's like, "Well, I grew up."
1: Yeah, so so, um, Kyrie takes great pleasure in Mm -hmm. explaining to Ren. You don't have a choice you've been chosen your your choice is you could allow your your servant to be killed mm-hmm. and then you could come live with me where I'll protect you
0: because the church is kind of like a neutral territory
1: right yeah and and if you come live but you can't come with live with me if you have a servant mm-hmm. he explains that and he says but otherwise you're going to have to murder everybody else and 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 Emia goes through all the the possibilities. Can't this? Can't can't this happen? Can't this happen? And and uh, takes great pleasure in explaining to him why it can't. You're just going. You're going to have to murder, and that means you're going to have to murder Ren at some point. Mm-hmm. And um, and you're going to have to murder each of these other masters. There's no other way, around it. Um, you know. And then the servant. Those servants are are go are free to go serve someone else. Yes. Which I assume becomes important later on.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, Quite literally, in some cases. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. I'm. That's what I'm thinking. So, um, you got a lot of rules. First of all, in that particular um, episode, which I think is the end of episode two or the beginning of episode three.
0: Well, it's like the. Uh, I want to say it's episode two or three because the entire like bit with Rin is just what they call the prologue, and then the one with Emmy is the actual first episode. In the way, in the timeline of stuff. Oh, okay. So I bet it's probably by like the second or third episode of yeah, that
1: Yeah, so, yeah. So second or third. But I found it, I found it, A, very instructive. I found it chilling because he took such pleasure. Smiled I've, the yeah, time. Yeah, in explaining to him, no, it's going to corrupt you. And you have no choice.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, this is the way it has to be.
1: And at one this point, at one point, I says, well, okay, then I'll die.
0: Mm-hmm. What I find kind of interesting, and, um, going back to Rin for just a second, was just that Rin knows she has to eventually kill people. She's been kind of training with the intention of having to so probably... she's very
1: sanguine about it.
0: Yeah, she, she has to kill somebody about it eventually. Um, but at the end of the day, I really actually don't think she has it in her to do it, which is why she doesn't just off Emya right away.
1: She could off Emia any number of times, and mm-hmm. she feels like it's unfair when he was unprepared. She feels like she pulled him into this...
0: Well, unwittingly she, yeah, and she cuz she's the one who saves them at the end of the day. I mean, I there's Well, a, she also feels like she
1: pulled this him into this because she allowed the this the sort of battle between um
0: Rider and or was, lancer, lancer and, and, Archer, and Archer, yeah. Which is a great uh, little fight when you begin with it, right?
1: Oh gosh, it was, it was because so understand that when she first conjures up her servant, she wants a saber. And she did, she times it just right. She does it everything just perfectly. She forgot that her clocks were an hour off. Mm-hmm. So somehow, when her father died, or when her when she found when she found the necklace,
0: so she used the necklace as catalyst um, for. So, so the way you summon a servant is that you have to have a catalyst for it for it to summon them, and generally the catalyst is usually something. Um, from the servant in a lot of cases. So as an example, when um, Kitsardugi summoned Saber at the end of the day, he had Avalon, which was the scabbard for Excalibur. So it was held and owned by Saber at one point. That's how he knew he would he would get uh, King Arthur at that particular point, or Art- Artoria at that point. Um, in the case of, for example, uh, Alexander the Great, um, the gentleman who, who uh, summons him, Waver Velvet, actually had a part of his of his cape, of his cloak. And so with that bit of cloth, he used that as a catalyst. Um, well,
1: but but what was interesting here was she was really expecting saber, and she did everything perfectly, and then and then she gets... Um, Archer. Archer, and she says, oh, that's right, the clocks are an hour off. And she makes it very clear to Archer that he isn't what she wanted.
0: Mm-hmm. And he gets and kind of a little uh, frumpy about it a little, too. He's a
1: little, pissed. Yeah.
0: Well, keep in mind he also doesn't appear at the transmutation circle either. Kind of falls upward into the into like the room above.
1: Yeah. So he did, He isn't there where, where he's supposed to be. She has to go find him. Mm-hmm. And, and I think she actually kind of finds him by accident, and um, and he's very sarcastic.
0: Oh, Archer's the Archer's ultimate sarcasm.
1: Um. Very sarcastic and mouthy, and 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 yeah, he's her servant. But you know, he he doesn't think much of her. She earns his respect.
0: Eh, I don't know if he earns if, if he earn if she earns it at the end of the day. He more or less is kind of like, okay, all right, all right. You're a mage. I got it. You're my master.
1: I'll gotcha. serve you. because is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah,
0: but you did kind of f up there by using one of your uh, command seals to make a very
1: okay. So do so here's a question regarding the command seals and the command seals are etched on their hands yes but other people can't see them
0: um no it's again it's kind of like one of those things like if you're um uh, trying to find a great example of this um uh, there was a so there's another show um called blue exorcist where if you weren't attuned to magic at all you couldn't see magical stuff happening around the around the world with you yeah um, it's kind of somewhat similar to this, so if you're not of uh, magical quality of any particular sense, um, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to, uh, see it, see it at all there naturally. Um, the same is true is that, uh, Rin actually puts up wards in the school to kind of ward out people of magical qual- quality. So if you were a person of particular magical quality, you would walk through the barrier into the school grounds and Rin would know right away that you were there. Right,
1: she. So they know that there's another uh,
0: master, master in the school. They
1: just don't know who it is. Yes. And does she not remember that Sakura is her sister?
0: Oh no, she knows Sakura is her sister. But um, keep in mind that these are two rival houses. At the end of the day, right? Um, in so talk about Sakura is a little bit weird because the way you, the best way to describe how she got trained in magic. Is the motto's have what they call these crest worms, which have uh motto magic kind of flowing through them. And the way you train to become a um to the way you get trained as a motto in magic is you have these worms pretty much invade your body. Oh yeah. So they're kinda like living in you in some cases. Um and so they feed off your blood and they feed off your own mana, but at the end of the day they kind of Strengthen you because, like, it's kind of like running an endurance test. You know, if they're constantly draining you, you have to get more stronger. Otherwise, you're just going to die at a certain point. So she's had these weird worms crawling all over her, sucking her man out. That's where she's got kind of this... um, When she's with other people, she's got this very kind of quiet, stoic, sort of just. She's kind of a kiss-ass. Well, I mean, but but again, I mean, like, everyone around her kind of just bullies her. The only reason that she's actually there is because... Uh, the grandfather for the Mato family is basically been around since the first Holy Grail War. He just moves his spirit and mana from one host to another body. Yeah. And Sakura is supposed to be the next host. Okay. The intention being was that if the Mato's... If in, during the fourth Holy Grail War is that if uh, the Mato representative uh, won, that he would bring the Holy Grail back to the family... And you know the grandfather would use the would use the Holy Grail to make himself immortal, which is what he's always wanted. Uh, oh,
1: that's interesting.
0: Yeah. So uh, the fact that Sakura, um, so that by the point of this fifth Holy Grail War here, um, the grandfather Sakura is meant to be the next host for the grandfather. Okay. And so the intention being is that he can't transfer into her body because it's out of a compatible blood initially, but if she's having all these worms kind of go through her entire body and admittingly that it's raping is that, her.
1: Is, is that why... Okay. Because is that why she's bruised sometimes? And, yes. And Shinji,
0: Shinji's he, also a bit of that too because Shinji likes to take out his frustration on her by beating her up.
1: Right. And Emiya kind of suspects that and, mm-hmm. and is very concerned for her.
0: Yeah. As he is. I mean, like, Emiya's a decent person. Yeah. And I think... You
1: it, get... The, clearly you have these different personalities you have ren who sort of sort of plays the mean girl but isn't yeah um, in her soul she just knows what her future holds i mean my sense is that she knows that she behaves the way she does which makes her somewhat aloof and and very desired by guys mhm um uh because she knows that she's going to have to kill because she knows she's going to be part of this holy grail war mhm and that Sort of um, shapes her, and I I don't think she's necessarily happy with um, the person she is, or maybe may not comfortable with the sort of need to be aloof and sort of diva esque. Except that she knows that that's what she needs to do because she knows what her future is.
0: Well, I think um, I think it's also a bit of a throw off as well that she again like her father is a quite a bit of a prima data and arrogant asshole as well Uh, but her father is a proper mage and says that's what she thinks she should be at the end of the day i mean you know she she literally idolizes her father her father was like every was everything to her yeah Um, and and
1: she has full-on sort of conversations about that
0: yeah and so and she you know she he's the one who taught her magecraft and um, the intention was that he would bring the Holy Grail war. He would bring the Holy Grail home, and or at worst, he would survive the Holy Grail war, and he would teach her proper magecraft. Yeah. Uh, instead, Kirei taught her magecraft, which was similar magecraft, anyways. Um, and so she thinks this is how she's supposed to be. And I think at the end of the day, she also kind of re- realizes that, like, yeah, I know this is how I'm supposed to be. I don't want to kind of be this person at a, at a particular point. She's a maybe.
1: uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you get that sense. It isn't outright said, but you get the sense. Because she keeps saving Emya. She yep. could she could kill him at any time. He's oh, a yeah. very weak mage because he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. she'd love to have Saber, and I assume if she killed him, Saber would probably come work for her. Yeah. Because Saber understands that...
0: Well, Saber is ready to do what's necessary to fight at the end of the day. And Saber, in all in all respects, is actually being held back by Emya. Um, where Saber would have naturally, like high A and B level stats, her stats at this point right now are of the C and D level because Emya is not a proper mage and can't properly provide mana to her at the end of the day. Um, right,
1: and she and, and why is it that she um, has to stay...
0: Visible when everyone doesn't? Yeah. Uh, again, because Emya doesn't have enough mana to... Uh, is not a properly trained mage at the end of the day, so he doesn't know how to... Uh, conceal her at the end of the day. In a lot of cases, I mean, okay, like, is that what that is? Yeah. So again, like Emiya doesn't have proper control over his magecraft at all, um, and because he doesn't have proper control over his magecraft, if he were to, um, cru- if he were to make a Saber become astral or ethereal, kind of like how Archer becomes ethereal for uh, Rin, um, that he may very well desummon her and send her back to the heroic spirit plane. Or the throne of the throne of heroes, essentially. Right. Um, and so he doesn't because he actually just doesn't know how to, and is not a proper mage in that particular respect. Um, but Saber, again, even for the fact of being uh, of the Saber class, is still a lot higher stats than other people. It's so that she could have a lot higher stats. It's um, it's like putting like a professional driver in like a beat up like uh, just like a, like a beat up Nissan Altima. Versus like if you put him behind like an actual, like race car or something, Formula, a, one, a Formula yeah. one car, like he would just be able to do circles and donuts around. He would just be able to do, just zip around perfectly fast. And that's kind of the way Saber is right now. She's, you know, she's in like the body of like a, of like an 80 year old when she needs to, when she could be in the body of a 16 or 17 year old, which is right. how old she is. Um,
1: yeah. So that, that to me was, was really interesting. Um. Uh, she's under she's under manned she's a servant to somebody who doesn't know what to do with her mm-hmm. um, and and it's and, and she wants to protect him because she realizes how much danger he's in he doesn't really realize how much mm-hmm. danger he's in um, even even at the end of, of the eighth episode I didn't really feel like he he got it yeah and and this is after he's apparated into a temple because he's so weak that that others can read his mind. And and Saber can't tell him who she is.
0: Well, yeah, part I mean because
1: people can read his mind and then that will let on to others what her skill set is. Yep. And um and and so she because it, So explain this to me. So there's the the scene between Saber and the assassin in which he doesn't want to know who she is because then he's got to tell her who he is? Yeah. Explain
0: that. Uh, It's kind of a chivalrous code as I understood it. Um, There's another... So in in episode two of Fate Zero, there's this gloriously famous fight between um, Saber and Lancer... Of fake zero, um, and Lancer is basically kind of like, you know, I don't care who you are. At the end of the day, you are a, if a noble. You are a noble person. I can tell you are a noble person. And after fighting with her, with Saber, he because mind, Saber's Excalibur is hidden in chat. Sh- it is hidden by light. At the end of the day, so it looks like
1: right. That's why the blade. They, she explains that. That's why the blade is mm-hmm. transparent. Is
0: transparent. He actually in the port in the process of colliding his uh, spear with her saber can actually see eventually at one point how long the saber is. And as a result realizes, I know exactly how long your blade is now.
1: And he tells her that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then Fate zero too. And in fate, so eventually in fate zero, she reveals who her sword is. And she, as a result of revealing who, who what her sword is, she's like, ah, so that's who you are. Um, And he says, I, you know, and it's like, this is who I am, you know, you don't know who I am, and I am a Lancer of inconsequential knowledge, but even Saber is still like, no, you are a knight at the end of the day, and I'm chivalrous with you. Um, I think that's somewhat of the same thing with um, Assassin at the end of the day, is that he is very much a swordsman at the, at the end of the day. He would have probably been even better summoned as a Saber, by all of purposes, um, just that Saber was already summoned at that point. And so... I, I, my understanding was, was just the chivalristic nature of it. Because even then, he's kind of like, he gives he gives Saber the chance to not have to fight, and waits until she's purposely ready before he actually strikes at her.
1: And 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 in the end, he actually gives up his high ground.
0: Yeah, and she to says, "Why would you do that?" Yeah, oh, to be even, but also for my killer strike that I have coming toward you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's again, there's a lot of like chivalry that happens that for a lot of mages is not the most desired trait to have happening because it's like uh wait no you shouldn't be you should, it should be all out war Yeah. And, and in phase 0 they, there's a lot of masters that do that as an example so Kitsurugi actually doesn't work with Saber almost throughout the entire bit at all um, Kitsurugi actually has uh, Irisval or just Iris who is Ilya's mom as she pretends to be Saber's master throughout the entire war. So they travel together actually. Oh. Um while Kitsurugi is actually in the background often at a distance with like a sniper rifle just waiting like okay, come on out master, let me just take you out with a single bullet and we'll be all done here today. And he literally goes to a point of like there's a master in a hotel. He actually pulls the fire alarm and gets everyone out of the hotel. And even tricks, you know, the staff is saying, "Oh yeah, everyone's out of the hotel," and then blows up the entire hotel to take out the master. That's how much he doesn't work with Saber at the end of the day, and he actually makes a point of saying, "You know, it's like I wish I hadn't summoned Saber, because we just don't work well. Because again, we're her, not good. We don't complement. We each don't other. compliment each other. She's a very, and even even to the point where like, Saber doesn't like being Kitarugi's uh, servant at the end of the day because Kitarugi is a. Goes from the shadows where Saber thinks, no, you should fight be honorably in the open. Yeah. You know, yeah. be you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do battle, declare that you will do a battle and be girl, girl be, order, be yeah. honest about it. And because Kitsuri is guerrilla warfare, absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah so so that, that I I found I found it really interesting to see who was paired up with who.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Ilya with Berserker is just.
0: Well, oh, it's a match made in hell.
1: Yeah. Because she's such a
0: such a snotty little thing. Well, she's but the way she talks though is the best the part. High she's, voice. She's very proper and nice. And now Berserker is going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, she's um she she's one she, of my favorite characters, uh, ironically in a lot of cases. Um, but Saber for me is still obviously going to be my character at the end of the day. I I, I appreciate um. I, I, I fell in love with the design like the second I saw it was like a female knight yeah yeah that's what a female knight would look and then I heard it was King Arthur it was like whoa well
1: okay so and so here's and here's something I had a question about was was they're sitting around a table um Ren again episode two or three and um you know and it's it's Ren and Emya and and Saber mm-hmm. and and uh and Ren says you were once a king Mm-hmm. I know you were a king so so she, she she knows who it is.
0: I believe emia I, I believe at one point emia makes a point of of learning it as well. I think uh Rin is just a little bit more smarter on the uptake and in, especially in the case that Rin and saber recognizes that Amy is not a properly trained mage, but Rin is a properly trained mage. mage, yeah, that like oh, I could probably trust her a little bit more than I can, emmia.
1: Well, and she likes the idea that they're, you know, she, she, she chides Emya for entering into uh, the sort of the truce, the, the pact mm-hmm. with, with Ren. Yeah. In which the two of them agree to act together until it's basically just, just them. The, just the
0: two of them, yeah. Yeah. And, Because um, she's obviously worried about Ren just coming behind her, behind and just being like...
1: Yeah, so she, and she, she says, you know, she chides him and she says, well, you know, you need to talk to me first before you do those things... Is this the agreement? And he says yes. She says, well, then I'm good with that. Um, so, so it's it's as though um, she's really kind of in the driver's seat, directing him, even though she's his servant.
0: When I, yeah.
1: And they talk about PACs, and they talk about about servants working together.
0: Mm-hmm. It's and, not unheard of before. It's, yeah, yeah, it's no, yeah.
1: And they acknowledge that and. And um Archer doesn't seem to mind the pact.
0: No. Um but Archer again okay, so again one of the Archer things-
1: doesn't want the, the holy grail. He doesn't have,
0: because he, doesn't have a be, wish. because he also doesn't know who he is either.
1: He doesn't know who he is, but he doesn't have a wish and Emya um, asks him and he says no. And he'd he really rather dis he he would be, it would seem like he would be a good match with, with Emya because he doesn't really want the brutality. You're smiling.
0: Yeah. I'm smiling because it's a plot that comes up later.
1: Oh, because because he makes it very clear he doesn't really want the death and destruction. He doesn't want the holy he does want the holy grail. He's he's not
0: So one of the things they will tell you about Archer, um, that does come up a little bit later, that's not an immediate spoiler for this at all. Um, so Archer He would be my guy. Archer would? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's, he's excellent choice. Um, so Archer is what they call a counter spirit. Um, so there's kind of like this divine sort of um, entity that kind of exists uh, that also kind of controls uh, the throne of heroes, which is where all these heroic spirits get summoned from at the end of the day. Um, it's kind of like having a library of all these different heroes in which you could pick from.
1: So they're all just hanging in a room waiting to be
0: called? Um, I, I like to think it's kind of like Stonehenge where they're all just kind of like all those stones are just other heroic spirits are kind of hanging out until they're needed and they just get pulled Stone, out.
1: Stonehenge is awesome. Oh, yes.
0: You have to I, go. I have, have to go one chance. day. Yeah. Um, it's,
1: it is awesome.
0: So, yeah, there's, there's a giant giant library of like all these heroic spirits at the end of the day. Uh, but what Archer is, is he's a counterforce um, to the world. And with the basic knowledge being is that um, when wars kind of break out, um, and, uh, this Archer gets summoned to basically kill everybody and stop the war from happening um, to make sure that the world stays in a certain level of balance. Um, he talks and, about balance. Yeah, and so and, and again, because he's a counterforce to, uh, to the world. Okay. Um, and so he's, for, for centuries, he'll just get summoned randomly, and he doesn't know, you know, he kind of has a vague idea of what's going on when he gets summoned, and he knows what he has to do when he gets summoned. He basically has to go out and do all this wanton killing um, unnecessarily for all these other all these other events so he just basically travels through time killing people and Archer kind of regrets kind of having to do that I can see that so um should we do a little bit of spoiler on this or do you want spoilers?
1: okay, I do I was gonna ask you
0: so I, I've been kind of beating around the bush at it so well
1: uh, I mean. I was going to ask you after cuz I didn't know if you wanted to do spoilers during.
0: I, I well the series I would love to know how this ends. Oh uh, I, I so, I can, so um,
1: well okay let's let's back up a little bit. Is each each year a, a a full grail war or how many episodes how many episodes to a grail
0: war? So um, in Fate Fate 0 and F, in Fate Stay Night the midnight blade works but the by Ufofo UFO, pot, U, UFO table, or UFO topo table, which is the you just,
1: see, you see that in the in the credits.
0: Yes, um, each one of these are tr- are split into two seasons that are roughly about twenty five episodes each. If you count the prologues, are technically twenty six, um, because even the first uh, Fate Stay Night's first episode is an hour long. Okay. Uh, by comparison, to all the other or, or not an hour long, but about. 40 minutes long versus all the other episodes are about 20 to 22 minutes long. Well, the long. first
1: episode felt long on this one, too. Oh,
0: okay. So yeah. even though it says there's like 25 episodes, there's truly like 26 episodes. So about 13 hours okay. worth of material at the end of the day if you if you include the openers and endings to that. Um, and so, I mean, uh, Fate Apocrypha is another good example, which is also available on Netflix, which is a alternate version of the Fourth Holy Grail War. Um, is also a 25, 26 episode series as well. So typically they're about 25 to 26 episodes, typically. Um, and that's pretty pretty common for our series. Um, if they last, if it's a, kind of a story-heavy series, they tend to last for about 25 to 50 episodes, or about half a year to a year in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, your standard Gundam series usually lasts for about 50 episodes at least, uh, so about a year's worth of content. Um, but a lot of any sort of anime that are heavily plot-driven in a lot of cases typically tend to go for about a year. Um, uh, the few exceptions to that might have been um, Full Metal Alchemist, which had 60 episodes instead of the normal 50. Um, so there was a little bit of a difference there. But then in that case, uh, the manga literally ended three weeks before the end of the anime. So they timed that out perfectly. Perfectly, yeah. So... Uh, and and then that planning was actually very intentional. Um, so the anime team actually, the animation team didn't actually know what they were animating or what the script was going to be until almost a month before the ep- episode aired because she hadn't, fi- because the anime is the artist hadn't finished uh, drawing it until that last point. Um, consequentially, she went from Fullmetal Alchemist, which was this amazingly beautiful like Western fantasy that we yeah. should probably do an episode on anyways. Yeah. Um, She went to another series called Silver Spoons, which was basically just an agriculture farming manga and eventual anime. It was very cute, though. Um, uh, But Fate Stay Night um, in Unlimited Blade Works goes for 25 episodes. Uh, The 2006 Studio Dean version, which covers the original Fate route, goes for 26 episodes. And they just had the uh, last portion of the uh, Heaven's Feel movie come out um, which each one of those are about an hour and a half to two hours long each. So, about six hours worth of content for Heavens Feel, give or take. That's a bit. Yeah, so there's a fair amount of, and that's just the Fate's friend. That's just the immediate Fate franchise that's available out there right now. And even Heavens Feel is not out there technically yet. I'm hopeful it'll come to Netflix here soon. Um, much in the same way, I'm hopeful that um, the Studio Dean version will come back available somewhere else that's not. Crunchyroll. Um, not that I don't love Crunchyroll, but um, it had a good English dub on it as well.
1: Yeah, this was I thought very well dubbed.
0: Oh yeah, no. I, uh, the
1: voices seemed accurate. The
0: they match the, the face at the end of the day. Yeah, it's one thing to have um, the voices like match up with the lip syncs. It's it's a completely another thing where you're like, if you closed your eyes and then you opened them back up, you would almost tell who was talking the entire time. And that's well, one of the good. That's one of the good factors of it. I think. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, because because I can remember watching Clint Eastwood dubbed in French, and 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 trying not to laugh. It was Dirty Harry, and and uh, and and it it didn't work.
0: I, I would love to see a Japanese I, 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 I've I've seen Japanese ver- Japanese dubs of of English movies. Uh, uh, the one I saw. One of the ones I did see was. Uh, uh men in black 2 um and the japanese dub actually changes a little bit of the plot a little bit actually so it's actually kind of interesting in that re- resolve regard so it was very interesting um but should we talk spoilers
1: i would love to talk because i would love to know how this ends
0: okay so i have to tell you the biggest spoiler of all of them here okay archer is emia Archer, that,
1: Archer's Emya.
0: So you have to, so you can't see it right now, but my mom's face just had this like light bulb sort of like.
1: Yeah, well, because, sort of. Yeah, because a lot of what, I mean, when I was saying they would be good teamed up together, mm-hmm. it really was because they, they have the same.
0: Kind of demeanor and.
1: Philosophy. De- well, not the same demeanor because Archer's very sarcastic and Emya
0: isn't, mm-hmm. but. Was, but is, Archer's also very jaded.
1: Yes. He's very jaded. And, and, uh and, but he he doesn't want the the Holy Grail. So that means Emiya ultimately is a is a noble hero.
0: Yes and no. So um, lore wise, what ends up happening here is that after the fourth Holy Grail War or the fifth Holy Grail War, um, Emiya starts actually training to become a proper Magus. Um, during the four, during the fifth Holy Grail War, he actually learns how to do um, archers ultimate actual ability because he doesn't actually have a noble phantasm but his ultimate ability is what they call a uh, reality marble, which basically lets him kind of have his own separate world that he can summon people into which is where all the swords get made from and it's called unlimited blade works so that's where he's summoning all these swords from at the end of the day and uh emia despite not fully understanding it at the end of the day realizes that he can actually do the exact same thing that archer can do and then realizes that he that most people don't have... You can't have two of the same reality marbles at all. And that's how he kind of realizes that I'm actually Archer at the end of the day. Um, and so and that's
1: why Archer can't know who he is.
0: Well, that's why he feigns knowledge of who he actually is. He actually Does, does, he, does he know? Yeah, he, Archer actually knows who he is the entire time.
1: But to, to disclose that would change Emya because Emya would be influenced by
0: it. It would also change Rin at the end of the day. Because keep in mind that Archer actually knows the events of what happened in the Fourth Holy Grail War or the Fifth Holy Grail War, because he lived through it. Yeah. And so when he goes back in time, not, when he's summoned again this time, he actually is like, oh. Then why I'm... does he
1: want to kill Ren? Or e- Um
0: So again, so after Emya becomes a proper magus, um, he kind of reali- he kind of takes on a similar kind of aspect where his dad was trying to save the world. Right. Um, and this is where he starts to get quite jaded, because he, as much as he tries to save the world and try to... Stop bad mages. Stop horrible things from happening. Trying to save everybody, it's everyone's effect. The there's just going to be another person saved, and he quickly kind of he ends up there's making. There's going to
1: be another Holy Grail war.
0: Yeah, well, uh, not at the end of the fifth. Not at the end of the fifth one. They actually destroy the Holy Grail itself, and okay. they put an end to the Holy Grail wars. Okay. Um, but Emia after the end of the fifth Holy Grail war, um, is trying to be this hero that he thinks that he made this promise to his dad to be and as a result he promises himself to this counter to the counterforce to the world essentially which makes him a part of the counterforce and as an element of the counterforce he's, he's going around killing all these people and that's where he realizes that like it doesn't matter human human mankind is horrible one way or another there's no there's no point in being a hero because you have to do all this horrible stuff that really kind of grinds at your soul at the end of the day so archer doesn't want the holy grail at all because he's in the right place at the right time to kill his former self so he doesn't have to go through the pain that he went through.
1: So he could stop himself from, from having having this awful, jaded... Well, realize yeah, like he... He, he, real, could die, he could die idealistic.
0: He could die idealistic. He won't have to go through... He's going he's gonna to save himself from all this eventual pain that his self refuses to not give up his ideals at the end of the day. Because his younger self was... Very idealistic and such. Versus, yeah. his older self is very much kind of like, God. I wish I'd never done this. I wish I'd never done this at all. Um, and what ends up happening here is that if you go back to the very first episode, Rin summon uses a pendant as a catalyst. Correct. Right. That's the same pendant that she uses on Shiro to save him because the pendant's of a, a magical as has right. her magic infused into it. Right. So when at a, at a certain point here um Rin thinks she brought the necklace home with her but she actually left it with Shiro so Shiro and, has and the necklace and so that's actually the in it's actually the catalyst that what summons uh heroic spirit emiya or archer you want me to explain that one more time
1: yeah because because she she uses it to restore
0: Emiya. mm-hmm so and then I mean, Archer
1: the end, brings it home to her. Archer Archer, Archer brings Ar- it home to her.
0: Claims to have brought it home with her. It was actually his. Okay. Because again, he kept it all this time because um, at the end of at the got end of, it. at the I end of the, it. So at the it. end of the fifth Holy Grail War, um, Rin and uh, have become a thing for a while.
1: Yeah, you can see that that's going to happen. Yeah. Actually. So they
0: become a thing for a while. Um, he it sort actually, of foreshadows. That. Yeah. So they be, they become a thing um and eventually they kind of separate from each other for whatever reasons um and
1: I assume he has to kill her
0: No 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 but okay. no. Rin Rin make it, Rin Rin and Emilia make this out alive at the end of the day okay. Nobody else does but Rin and Emilia make it out at the end of the day Okay um Shinji doesn't make it out alive at all And Shin uh Kirei doesn't make it out That's good too None of the uh, so, uh, one of the things. At what
1: will, point does he realize that that he's uh, Ilya's Ilya's his stepsister?
0: Oh, she tells him outright. Okay. When they first meet, um, he doesn't realize the. He, he
1: he she does she does reference it, mm-hmm. except it doesn't sink in.
0: It doesn't sink into him. He has no idea what she's talking Think about, about. Um, and they don't go into great detail uh, over that either. In most cases, um, what ends up kind of so as a bit of a. So one of the things you have to know is that Castor has... Her Noble Phantasm is a dagger that's called Rule Breaker.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And it allows her to break the rules of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, she, and one of the things she does is that in a fight between her and Saber, um, Shiro uses one of his command seals to make Saber stop. Because he, he just yells stop and doesn't realize he's using his command seal. Right. So as a result, Saber hesitates in delivering this final blow, blow to Castor. Castor stabs Saber with her, her rule-breaking dagger, and steals uh, Shiro's uh, command seals. So now Castor becomes the master of two servants. Of she's a, the
1: master of Saber.
0: She's she becomes the master of Saber and Assassin. Ooh. Oh, it gets worse. So when Archer comes there to um to so Rin summons Archer at one point archer basically goes up to caster and says, and basically who has who's actually been conspiring with caster hey uh will you use your rule breaker on me and i'll become your spirit i'll become your servant as well and she's like yes so now she has three servants she has both archer saber and assassin under caster at one point
1: so so then who does rin have
0: rin has nobody
1: and Emya has nobody.
0: Emya has both nobody either. So they end up actually going to find um, Ilya to ask for help. Uh, they can't find Ilya. And then they eventually go to Lancer to ask for help, who readily agrees to help them. Um, so they end up... Uh, who is
1: Lancer's master?
0: Kira. Okay. So um, what actually happened was is there, there's another woman named uh, Bauzette I want to say. Not Bowsette, but Bowsette. Uh-huh. Um, and she's a part of the Magus Association. They, they the Mage Association, always asked to have a person in the Holy Grail War. Um, and what ended up happening was that Kire um, found her, removed her arm, took her command seals, and implanted them on him himself, and unwittingly became the master of Lancer in the process. So Kire, even though he's an observer, he's actually the master of Lancer during this Holy Grail War as well. Okay. So he's not so he's not acting as a proper participant. Um, and so by the end of it, what ends up happening is that you have um, Lancer agrees to fight with Archer because they always have to have a fight they they don't right. like each you know, they're they're yeah. cats and dogs. Yeah. Um, but during this process, because Archer is distracted by Lancer, Rin and uh, Shiro um, or Emia go to try to defeat caster and her master at the end of the day who just happens to be shiro's teacher uh, okay i know you didn't see that coming huh didn't see that coming um what ends up happening is that um archer ends up in the process of trying to defeat both of them like
1: by that by teacher we mean the teacher that kind of quasi lives with him he lives in uh, rents her house
0: oh no, no 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 not that one no not oh. not not taiga
1: Oh, the, that. The, the older gentleman. The older gentleman. I yeah. Don't mean me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because we always kind of know there's something wrong with him.
0: Yeah. He kind of has this kind of stoic sort of thing. He's with yeah. uh, the class president. He's with, like, the student, pre- student president. A lot, yeah. Because um, they live in the same temple. Okay. Uh, which is why Castor resides in the temple. Okay. Um, and so, as a result, um, what ends up happening is that Archer and Lancer. Um, Lancer does a good damage to Archer, but because Archer's got Caster behind him, he can actually uh, regenerate himself pretty quickly with mana. Archer actually goes through the process of actually killing Caster at one point. Good, but she, he does it in the sense that he's doing it purposefully, or you know, he kills. He goes to kill the master, and Caster goes to cover him to stop him from that, because uh, she's because she's actually in the process also torturing Saber for whatever reason don't have a good answer as to why
1: well and archer obviously admires saber quite a bit um yeah yeah they kind of seem to have a thing Mm
0: -hmm. um and so archer kills the caster and then literally points his bow at emia because like perfect you're right where i need you to be at and nothing's stopping me right now except for the fact that now that caster's gone uh Archer doesn't have a master anymore, but he has the Ar- archers have the ability to kind of have a survival technique if you will. Uh-huh. So they have like kind of they can survive without a master for a long period of time. But Saber doesn't have a master right now.
1: So she goes back.
0: Nope. She goes to Rin.
1: How did I predict that?
0: You did a very good job of predicting that. So in the, again, in other versions of that that doesn't happen, but um so so Rin becomes Saber's master and Saber now has again with a full, with the proper mages behind her as like fully boosted power, yeah. And she can actually hold back Archer who doesn't have another mage um, helping her at all. Um, so then, they, then they basically go to um, the Isfalls to Ilya, who is um, with Berserker, who has already been defeated, oddly enough, by Gilgamesh, who was a participant in the Fourth Holy Grail War. Who I, I love mentioned. it
1: anytime you can bring Gilgamesh in. <laughs>
0: Um yeah, so Gilgamesh is actually kind of acting as Shira as Shinji's servant, but he's not really. Um cuz Gilgamesh actually just is um during the end of the 4th Holy Grail War, uh, Kirei technically died but is kind of still living as a as a pseudo zombie. <laughs> and Gilgamesh okay. was brought back to life. So Gilgamesh kind of is just hanging out in general. Um so Rin and why not? Yeah, um, so at, at the very end of the story here, they um, in order to defeat the Holy Grail, um, the because now Shinji has been made the holy the vessel for the Holy Grail. Uh, they save Shinji uh, in order to destroy the Holy Grail, Sabre's got to use all of her power to do it, but using all that power will drain Rin of all her power.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And so um,
1: that'll be her last seal.
0: It'll be her... Well, not her last seal, but it'll be her last, um... All of her mana. All of her mana, and she won't get to say goodbye at all. So mm-hmm. she basically just poof. And she does. So you she, she doesn't never gets to say goodbye.
1: So she does die.
0: She doesn't die, but she runs out of mana. Okay. So she just kind of poofs. Um, it's the same thing with Archer. Archer... To save
1: her sister. Uh,
0: uh, Rin... Uh, Rin... Um, save, uh, Sakura actually almost doesn't factor in this in the story at all. Almost Okay. She's kind of almost as a side character in a lot of cases. She doesn't really come into focus until Heaven's Feel, um, which is the movies. Okay. Uh, but, um, but she's always kind of an extra side character that if you play, if you watch the fate route kind of seems like an odd choice to, for her to kind of be there at all. she's kind of like, who's this weird side character and what is she doing? But, but,
1: but I have to say, you kind of know from the very get go
0: that she's somebody important, that
1: she's somebody
0: important. Yes. And so by Heaven's Feel, she's becomes very important. Um, when is it, uh, Archer uh, Archer in revealing who he is fully at this point? Because everyone's kind of has an idea. Everyone has an idea, but the way, Archer never confirms it. Um, at one point, confirms that yes, I am, I am you, and the reason I came back and the reason why you know I don't I don't want the Holy Grail is because I'm here to kill you. Um, and so they have. So he. This is when. Um, uh, Archer releases his Unlimited Playworks ability, but it's also when Shiro learns about the ability as well and realizes, oh, I can do the same thing, and starts copying his ability. So he learns to summon swords and learns how to do stuff stuff of very similar nature. Um, And actually beats Gilgamesh at the end of the day because, well, Gilgamesh has what what he calls the uh, Gate of Babylon, which lets him have any noble phantasm, any of the original prototypes for every noble phantasm. He's not actually trained in how to use any of the weapons. Versus Shiro, who actually does know how to use... equipment
1: without the knowledge as opposed to knowledge without the equipment.
0: um, Well, I mean, he knows how to use a sword, but he doesn't know, like... But he doesn't have, like, the prestige knowledge of swinging a sword. Versus Shiro, who has knowledge of how to swing a sword. um, And so it can... The two of them are very equal matched at the end of the day because they can keep...
1: Yeah, I want to go back... One of course. Thing. Okay. So so just real quick. Um does Saber get to choose Ren?
0: Yes. Okay. Sa- Saber's literally kinda like Ren's kinda like behind like a small roll of like spikes or something that's stopping her from moving forward. And Saber's kinda like looking around and they kind of like like lock, lock eyes to one another and like, Oh, I know what to do with you. He's like and call calls it, Saber, make a contract with me. Saber's like, Yes. And they'd go through the entire process and um, so that Saber gets the mana again and becomes supercharged. Cool. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting story. What I found about, what I liked about um, Face Day Night is that there were all these different personalities. They were kind of, in a lot of cases, not working in contingents with one another, but actually physically butting up with a lot of other ones. This contrast of different... Um, ideals beliefs and uh, ways about getting through the problems and how much of a barrier there is to these conflicting personalities
1: so so um, how, how interesting was it for you like a half hour ago when I was when I was saying that that uh, the that, that, you know the Saber likes Ren and um, that,
0: that oh, I, 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 I yeah, you know, I, I was literally in the back of my head thinking, oh, if only you knew. If only you knew. And that's when I started thinking <laughs> about, like, should we talk about spoilers? I don't, it, it, it is like a five-year-old series at this point because it did get animated in 2015. Um, and I don't think this should stop you from watching it because, like, I, oh, one no, of the things. no,
1: it was, it, it, you know, so, so, so let's just talk about the, 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 overall writing and, and flow of things you know there are enough interesting characters and um the flow of it um it's it i thought it was paced well because it is you know it would be easy to make something like this and it may become later so this this may change but um it would be easy to make something like this all about the battles And it
0: isn't. Oh, no, no, no. but But mind you, those battles are awfully fun to watch, though, aren't they?
1: They are fun to watch. They're sort of livening it up. They're glorious spectacles. Yeah. But um,
0: but what I found more interesting interesting is just the dialogue and the the character development in a lot of cases. Especially, um, keep in mind that all these events are happening in February over the span of like three weeks three to four weeks
1: yeah so I mean I, I actually felt like it I felt like it paced itself well mm-hmm. um, you know each episode seemed to be like a day yeah give or take yeah um, I, and uh, you know it wasn't all blow it up which would be easy to do because you you know it's like show me what this thing can do mm-hmm um, and there's a temptation to, to feel that way I liked the idea that you sort of got introduced to one servant at, per episode mm-hmm. of they, sorts they're not in the, like, in they're, the beginning.
0: That they're not flooding you with knowledge and information immediately. So you
1: have, yeah, so you have a chance to sort of get acquainted um, before it launches. And I thought that was well done. Um, what you described as the prologue I thought was the first episode um, It's and still a good
0: prologue at the end of the day and, and I, and I like that idea of seeing it from two different sides
1: Yeah, yeah. so I I, I, thought that was, I found that very engaging because you very quickly realize okay, this is that day I just saw
0: But now but, from a different point of view But a
1: different point of view and even though I know what's going to happen this is really interesting to see from this different point of view mm-hmm. You get to learn why Emya was at the school what he was doing. Um, you get, got to see, um, Sinji being mean. Um, you know, it was just another episode of him being mean. Um, which is every
0: episode that he's doing. Which
1: in. is every, he's sort of an asshole. Like, why does anybody, why do those two girls hang with him?
0: I don't know, but he, he's, like, he's even being an asshole right in front of them. I would think that'd be a huge turnoff, but like. I would think. But like, no. Apparently. I,
1: I figured the family must have money.
0: Oh, they have money too.
1: Yeah. So, um, so it, it was, you know, I I thought from from a lot of different angles it was well done, um and and enjoyable and and I enjoyed that. The question I have for you that I kept coming across is like like where are all the city folk that that all this is happening and nobody's going holy shit somebody just blew up the da 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 because you don't get a lot of that.
0: So that's where the holy church technically would come in to kind of. Uh... Yeah, I mean, like, there's not. I mean, so the school actually has wards on it that kind of persuade people, like, that to not come in there. It's just so happens to the fact that Shiro already has magical ability. Is already has like a magical aptitude. So he's just, and he's already in the school at the time. So Rin doesn't think anything of it. Doesn't realize he's there at all. Um, because he's such a minor sort of magical. It isn't afflicted. the same. Yeah. Um, and if, she
1: explains how she knows.
0: Mm-hmm. That, yeah,
1: it, I, I mean that's an early episode too.
0: But there's a lot, but a lot of people put bounded fields up to uh, dissuade the general public from being there because um, during Fate Zero, that actually becomes. But they
1: blow up. Like, look at this. The, the, the absolute. The
0: wanton destruction.
1: Yeah, a berserker. They like, they blow up things.
0: Oh, that cemetery will never will never look the same ever again.
1: Well, exactly. So so how is that explained to people? passers-by idle passers-by
0: you know i never thought about it for so long but like i can see again my logic has always been that the the church kind of comes in and washes it away somehow like they either tell people a, a falsehood or some sort of story about what's happening in the area or um or again i mean like even though the church is not entire is like a separate version of magic like I would assume there's some sort of restorative sort of magic out there because again, if you are having these, um, which is part well, of the.
1: I guess that's what I wondered about. Is is there some sort of restorative magic? I mean, because in the Muggle world, you would just like put it back.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the Major Society is for, is because again, if everyone knew magic existed, you know. You
1: don't want the Muggles catching on.
0: No, 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 no. What would, what would dare happen if the Muggles knew about magic? How, what kind of. Persecution, or what sort of you know villainy would happen there in that particular yeah. case. I mean, I, I'm thinking about it right now. Is, I had I had this great idea of, uh, I had this great idea last weekend where it was like, what if, what if we were in the zombie virus and it was Trump trying to lead us through the zombie virus? <laughs> it's like, you just vote for me, you just vote. The play is not gonna be anything, bad. Well, at some point, we'll all be play. zombies, and it won't matter. Well, I think a lot of us are already zombies at a certain point here. I mean, like, how much of us are slaves to our phones? This is true. Mm-hmm. I,
1: I I love you know in in uh, I love backpacking. So I made you guys go backpacking with oh, yeah. me when you were you were kids, and I love always loved backpacking. What I loved most about it was technology didn't work.
0: Oh yeah, no no did. And so technology was so for not those, an option.
1: And when I travel, I unfortunately do have to travel with gear, and I occasionally have to work and do stuff, and um, and all. But it, I tend to be less hooked up, mm-hmm. which I like.
0: I am very hooked up in my current job. I have, I have a computer. I have a cell phone. I am running around constantly with compute- with knowledge, yeah. with data. Yeah. Um, but no, again, so I don't know where the world gets restored from. I kind of assume that's kind of what the church is there for, um, and the major society kind of is supposed to be acting in the background. I would assume. Yeah. Um, but I think they're, pre- but I don't think they're actually fixing it. I think they're so much as they're explaining it away. Because um, again, the, again, the fire that happened in Yuki City was actually um, this corrupted mud that came out of the Holy Grail itself, which literally just like dissolved and burned anything that touched it. Um, and so by that, by this point here, like the city's actually been rebuilt after ten years, uh, but everyone just remembers it as fires rather than this corrupted mud that, you know, if it touched you, was basically going to like char you and actually start like eating at you, literally. Oh, good. Yeah. So again, I mean, like, I think what it's—I think it's more or less an information campaign, Um, which, again, I mean, like, if you're able to have warded fields that kind of make you not want to go into the school for whatever reason after a certain point, it's probably pretty easy to say, oh, yeah, that's just that that cemetery's always been like that. They've always been damaged like that for whatever reason, or oh, hey, they must be doing—they're doing more construction over here. Like, I can't wait till they're done with that construction. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. It would, would be would, yeah, cause, would be my because
1: because every time you have one of these battles, you go just wanting to, like the school gets just
0: oh demolished. Yeah. School school for la- School is uh quite wishing for uh, a savior, and that savior being uh, a landscaper.
1: Okay, so who is the um, the class president?
0: Oh, um, so the class president is just another guy.
1: Is he? Okay. Yeah, he, just wondering.
0: he his family runs the temple. Um, and the one bad teacher, uh, happens to live at the temple, uh, because he's like family because he's friends with the family. Okay. Um, so the student body president is not like involved in the war on any particular level, and he's not magical of any particular sorts uh, that I've ever seen explained at all. He's just a normal person. It's just what happens that like he happens to live at the temple where the teacher happens to reside as well. Okay. So and that I
1: wonder, I, I wonder because he seemed so key to things during the episodes I that watched. That I wondered if they were pulling him in.
0: No. No. no there's there's another girl who's kind of like the who's supposed to be the president of the archery club. Who's right. supposed to be Rin, who's supposed to be a good friend of Rin's. Right. Uh, she doesn't get pulled in either.
1: Yeah, cuz she disappears at one point.
0: Mhm. Um uh, in the um so um, in side story, there's actually a trio of side characters that are a part of another. Of a, I want to say the track and field club um, that get occasionally roped into shenanigans of the other characters, but they're always they're always a non uh, magical element. Uh, my favorite is to see them in um, what's being served at, at the Emia place, which is the uh, also UFO table. Just making a very lighthearted version of the of the series. And, and they're it's very cute and comical when they're there, this trio of girls.
1: Yeah, yeah, the trio of girls are are yeah, it's it's interesting. Talking with the nitty needle in my mouth. It's okay. Sorry about
0: that. Um, what did you think of the way it looked? Because you've seen now a couple different animes, um, so uh, you, I know you don't have a great deal of experience uh, in quality of animation or stuff like that. But but. Or maybe you've seen quite a bit of stuff with my nieces as well, I would imagine. Yeah. Just animation so, in general. So,
1: um, I'm assuming that there's a difference between a series and a movie. Mm-hmm. And that, that probably, I mean, because it is, it is that same sort of um, stilted sort of sort of anime that you get with series. hmm That's different than a movie.
0: Yeah it's kind of like, it's a little bit of like a slightly more movie-ish quality at times, too.
1: Yeah. No, it, so it's well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, um, you know, you could see if you paid attention, you could see where shots were sort of reused. Yes. But it, it wasn't glaring. If no. that makes sense?
0: Um, so one of the, one of the interesting things is that. Um, and why I think Ufopolo Table is is so uh, well regarded in this in this aspect for their animation is that because they've done um, is what Ufopolo Table has done a really good job of um, and I, we explained a little bit this last time is that they're very good at compositing, which is the element of adding in elements of CG animation with um, with two D animation. So are very good at this element of compositing. And so you can save a lot of time, especially on uh, scenery, if you have it all digitally done, and then you just have to plop your camera down. Um, and you can stay consistent with damages to, to the field if you decide to do that, or you can stay consistent with where things are. So if you had to be at another angle, you could have whatever's kind of happening in the far background still kind of there as well. Um, but they've done a very good job of this compositing element where they're able to save a lot of their money on doing these computer animated graphics and making them merge well with their uh, scenery and their 2D stuff, they're able to spend more time on the 2D elements. So they're able to make a much better product at the it end is, of that. Yeah,
1: it's fully fleshed out in, in, um, in the sense that you have really complete backdrops, mm-hmm. um, which is always, always appreciated.
0: Oh, yes. It sets the mood right and the lighting for all the characters matches where the, the ambience for where they are as well. Um, and again, that's all just goes back to really good compositing at the end of the day to make sure that color gradients are matching, you know, that, like, the lighting and mooding is proper. Um, there's a couple scenes where, like, shadows from the scenery plop onto the characters, which is well done as well. Um, so it's a testament to how well they've done that because, again, their budget is the same. The budget for Fate Stay Night, uh, Unlimited Blade Works, and Fate Zero is about the same level of budget for what would be a normal otherwise 13 or 25 episode series as well. Um, and so they didn't, um, so they just did a really good job of spending their money in better ways if for to maximize their output versus other studios who are not good at compositing just yet, or not as good as compositing or getting there, um, not having that same skill set just yet. Because the table is kind of the, the benchmark for quality looking uh, TV series at this time. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. No, again, uh, um, They've done a number of different series. They do a lot of uh, video game opener uh, opening animations. Oh. Um, so there's a series of games called t- uh, Tales. And so they're always like tales of Equestria, tales of, this, of these weird, bizarre, made-up names. Um, they're all kind of this vaguely kind of fantasy, European fantasy-esque sort of thing with like, elves and mages and swordsmen and knights and kingdoms and so forth um, and so um, during the and they do a lot of the openers um, so they were actually well known for doing openers for animes before really kind of plopping onto the scene with anime um, and they've done some animation beforehand but it wasn't um, until they really got to like Fate Zero which really kind of showed that you know, Ufobotable's got a new trick up their sleeve and that's compositing and everyone saw that was like well hot damn
1: yeah, no, so it's, no, it's well, it's well done. Um, and what's, what I thought was especially well done is sometimes um, the uh, movement of the lips can be stilted to the point where that's sort of distracting while they're speaking. Oh. And you I didn't notice, I noticed that that wasn't present.
0: So I think, I think one of the other things that a lot of companies are doing um, as well is that. They're having some of their animators go back in, especially if it's a well-regarded series, though. So, like, if you were, if it's a well-regarded series, what they're sometimes doing is you're going back in, and they'll do the dubbing because they, because in, in most series, what they'll do is they'll do all the uh, dubbing first before they actually do the animation. So you dub, t- so you can match the lip syncs with the with the dubbing, yeah. um, and so I think what they're doing now uh, within some cases is that they're actually going back. They're doing the English dubbing, and then they're redoing the anima- some of the animations for the lip movements and such.
1: Oh, okay, so, yeah, because I, I thought the lips, the the uh, lip sync. Yeah, well, not even just the lip sync, but the actual movements on the face were were well done.
0: Yeah, and again, I think that really is a testament to, because um, again, a lot of animation is about finding the cheapest way to to animate scenes, and sometimes that is. Finding a way to get the body to stay in a very consistent pose for as many frames as possible while you animate the face mm-hmm. and the lips moving, so that way you where they're
1: just standing, they're not acting, where they're just they're doing standing, yeah. or
0: they're just sitting, or they're in a very static pose where there's as minimal movement as possible, so you could reuse frames, yeah, and you can save as much money as possible on that, um, and I and then again and again I think. A good testament to a lot of studios is figuring out how to save that money how to uh, maybe reuse those frames but also keep those as well i mean a lot of cases um, as an example early 90s stuff uh, reused tr- uh, especially in the case of for instance example sailor moon as an example mm-hmm. reused a lot of the same transformation animations and special attack animations that basically allowed him to get away with not having to animate anywhere from two to three minutes of the entire show. Yeah. Because there, there were these long, prolonged, drawn-out sort of transformation sequences. Uh, and then if you had a group doing it, hey, there's three mi- there's four minutes you don't have to do because you can do, you, um, you can kind of like mix and match other transformations at the same time to make it like they're all transform transforming. And then you do like a, in the name of the moon, I will punish you sort of like, intro scene to kind of introduce the hero once they finish transforming, which I'm going to call BS on transforming because who lets the hero get to that point? Um, like, what 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 bad guy lets you just kind of let the hero kind of be like, no, I'm well, going to do let, this... I'll let you transform. I'm going to let you do this elaborate, long transformation process. Um, one anime actually, very funnily called... Um, so it's a series called Guy Gar... Which is a weird title. Weird title, in the intro That's song, saying. the the intro is just beautifully stupid, um, as well, uh, and I mean that in the you most. Got,
1: you got to love beautifully stupid though.
0: Oh, it's literally, it's literally, it's like the intro song is like gow, 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 gau go, gar," go, go. and then this huge guitar '90s guitar riff, like, and the entire intro song is just them singing about how great this giant robot is. Um, but in order to transform the giant robot, um, they end up having this cyclone sort of like wind, wind tunnel that happens where this water cyclone happens around it. And it actually stops the bad guys from getting in so that all these other machines that come in to build the robot can go build the robot and not be stopped by the bad guy that's trying to get in. So the bad guy's just kind of like waiting outside because there's a giant, you know, lumbering robot that doesn't move very quickly. So it's just kind of like I'm trying to get in. Nope, can't get in. I'm being repelled out. But everything inside's building at the same time. There's so there's some logic that kind of ends up happening there. Common uh, Rider, that becomes a funny element in common writer where that where like the heroes have to kind of like dodge people moving around when they do their weird kind of lengthy transformation process. Um, like everyone's got kind of a yeah. unique sort of yeah. And then, like, so they they might have to be like dodging and moving out of the way of the bad guy while they're transforming, and they'll have an absolute second to do it transform, and then they've got their suit on three and a half seconds later, and now they're actually fighting. So there's some times where like, they kind of mesh it in with that with the series, but I always find it very funny that you let, especially in a magical girl series, like no, just go for them while they're transforming. In the Japanese version, they're naked while they're while they're transforming.
1: There is some nakedness even in this one, because you get Ilya in a in a in a bath.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, uh, later on in the series, there's a scene with Rin um, in a bed with Shiro. That's not the way you think it is.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: It's it's, it's very wholesome. Keep because so keep in mind, like they when they stripped out, they stripped out a lot of the. Uh, Perverted, ero gay stuff when they made the series, when they read, when they animated the series for um, for a home audience. Uh-huh. Um, it's still being aired at like nine o'clock at night on a Sunday. So interesting. Yeah, so a lot of anime get uh, get a lot of it, even the big like stuff that's meant kind of like for teenagers, is an eight o'clock, eight thirty in the evening kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, but yeah, Fate Stay Night, beautifully gorgeous series. I recommend anybody to watch it if they can. It's available all on Netflix right now, um, as well as Fate Zero, Fate Apocrypha. Um, it's, it's I I I've enjoyed it for its characters, and especially in Unlimited Blade Works, really does highlight more of their characters because this is the one where you kind of see more of their characters uh, versus the Fate route, uh, which was done by Studio Dean in 2006. That one's more of the World-building elements, like here's the world and here how it's properly works, and it's also the story that has Shiro and Saber the more often because they're the main pair in that in that one.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because you think this is going to be about Ren and and Archer, and while while they're certainly key, it's, it was pretty obvious a couple episodes in that that it's really Emiya's.
0: It's really Emiya's game to play, but Ren's a good dual duel and, and uh, protagonist as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's she's not to be left behind on any particular level at all. Um, but she also has just like, really cute, pouty moments as well.
1: Yeah, you, you were reminded that she's not yet an adult.
0: No. that She's very much, a, a, still somewhat of a kid in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, so would you recommend watching uh, mm-hmm. Face Day Night to somebody?
1: Yeah, I would. That was a lot of fun. Excellent. Yeah.
0: Um, so we'll post... So I put up a quick little... Detail of all the characters. So um, for Fate Stay Night, and um, there's
1: but as always, there's bunches of fan stuff out there.
0: Oh, absolutely, bunches. No, I, oh yeah, no the the Wikipedia article for Fate Stay Night is uh, for the for the Natsu is very lengthy. As um, a bare example, if you try to just look up uh, saber from Fate Stay Night, it'll literally ask you which saber are you talking about? Are you talking about uh, the uh, are you talking about the saber lily, which is the younger version of, of Artoria when she first got uh, when she first pulled out uh, Caliber from the sword in the stone?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, are you talking about the altar version, which comes up in the uh, which was the dark, mean, menacing version of saber from the heavens fields heavens field? Um, are you talking about
1: um, no saber always Artoria?
0: okay so there's a that's a mix (laughs) there's literally just watching a video about this so um saber is the class is the name of the class right um and saber in a lot of cases appears is artoria because she's kind of the main um she's kind of the mascot for the series right um there are other sabers that look like artoria but that aren't and again one of those is the saber of red or the red saber which is Nero uh, which is the Roman which is the Roman version as an example okay Um, and there's also sometimes Saber's not even a saber sometimes she's an archer or uh, uh, she's a lancer Um, and the lancer version is kind of funny because um, in the lancer version she is a um, I I would say a much older looking person Um,
1: yeah because she does look fairly young Oh yeah, no. So um... there we go. Oh, sh- oh, that is a much older look. Oh goodness. Yes. Yeah yeah. 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 It is a much more developed.
0: Oh yeah, so very, very much more developed. Uh, Artoria, that's um, not technically Artoria. Technically, in some cases. It's, okay. Yeah, it's, it's weird, weird logic. It's as if, if she doesn't die. If she doesn't die when she fights Mordred at the end of the day. Um, and Mordred actually still lives along with her, um, and I think this is in this version she need, she put cal, she put Excalibur or Calibur back, and as a result of giving the sword back to the Lady of the Lake, she just ages naturally and she uses a different weapon as a result. Um, there is another version of Saber is, is if she were a um, a caster or a mag, or as a magical person, um, so there's a magical uh, variant to her as well.
1: Oh, there she's real cute. She looks yeah. like like Twiggy in the in the uh, Twiggy with hair.
0: Oh yeah, um, and again, so, and so there's a couple different variations on her um, from Fate Grand Order, um, and there's so it, how
1: many versions of Fate Stay Night are there? Because because that just brings up a, a a question.
0: So the Fate universe is less so much of a static collection of characters and more or less kind of a a variation of a set of rules almost um so it's would like saying it's so it would be it's there's a lot of like semi-fan fictional sort of stuff that's just been canonized as their own series by tight moon and other people who want to uh play in the world um that's kind of where we get uh fate zero from was actually uh, a gentleman by the name of ginrobushi who's known for making dark takes on series um did a light did a novel series of of the events happening prior to Fate, fate Stay Night um, that is very much well beloved as well. Um, all in all, I'd say there's maybe about um, a dozen ver- variations on um, Art- the Artoria version of Saber at least. Um, as far as there's a number of Fate series um, you have the original Fate game which includes three different routes if you want to include each route as their own. Fate Zero, which is its own element. Um, Fate Apocrypha, Fate Hollow Atorexia, which is the uh, follow-up to original Fate Stay Night. Uh, Fate Extra, Fate Grand Order. There's a lot of like weird manga version of it as well uh-huh. um, that I have never seen or read, but kind of goes sometimes it does a lot of side story stuff. Um, and then the big pusher for a lot of the Fate stuff right now, outside of the the series has been primarily fake uh, Grand Order, um, which again is a gotcha game um, where you collect two D wife, where you literally collect two D characters and waifus. What's a waifu? Um, it's your two D wife, or it's your two D like girlfriend or wife. Okay, got so It's the person. It's the person like you know if you wanted to marry somebody that would be who you wife. Um, the so
1: w- I would create a hufu.
0: Uh, you a husbando.
1: Yeah, I don't
0: I don't know what the difference is. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I, I can work with Hezbondo. I, I don't even know. Actually, that's a good question. Where does the, the term waifu come from, actually? Yeah. I really... Uh, so it looks like it's primarily and originally, you uh, know... I want to find out right now because it, it's... okay so it is so it is a japanese term uh waifu originates as a japanese borrowing and rendering of the english word for wife okay um which again does not surprise me at all the japanese again there's a lot of stuff in japanese that has a lot of english names to it um because it makes it sound cool and unique yeah um one of my favorite bands is called bump the chicken it's a really kind of cool intro song um Another one I know the another band I know, okay uh one rock. Um, my first story, um Uberworld God, uh High and Mighty Color is another term. A lot of like, like again, a lot of bands like Engli- like their like like their English names for their bands.
1: Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. We actually saw flyers when we were down on uh Danbury. No.
0: What was the street? Oh so we what well, we saw um uh, so what we saw was there was a we a concert. There was a concert. Uh, we were in um, Osaka. There was a concert that had just actually wrapped up. Right. Um, which, and, was and bump the chi- which was Bump the was chicken. Which was
1: bumped the chicken. because they all were walking around with towels and, and t shirts.
0: Uh, especially on the train, and so yeah. a lot of them just come well, back. were just from,
1: walking around though when we were mm-hmm. walking in, in this that street.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they were just actually playing at the Osaka Dome like earlier, like a day or two before we got there. Um, and then we were in Tokyo, we actually were, um, there was a, uh, oh God, I can't remember this boy band. It's made up of like nine guys. They had recently just had a concert there as well. Yeah. Um, and so you saw a lot of people with shirts that had like their initials on it. Um, something tribe. Yeah. Uh, I, it will, I will remember it like midway through the day. I'll be like,
1: ah, so yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, no. They lo- Japanese love their English, and again, they like all Western things too. Which again, I mean, like shows you in Fate Stay Night how much they. A lot of the heroes are all pulled from Western mythology in a lot of cases. Yeah, it's
1: in- it's interesting.
0: So, yeah. um, but yeah, I I enjoy Fate Stay Night. It's probably one of my favorite series, right after Evangelion, which is a series we won't talk about anytime soon. There's a whole dissertation on anime we have to go through before we ever get to Evangelion. Okay. Because. um... It, 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 Evangelion series is what made psychological anime a thing. Ooh. So, um, mostly by accident. Even the original creator's like, I didn't mean any of this. I was just pulling stuff out of random that I thought sounded cool. You wonder, make... you
1: wonder how much gets reinterpreted exactly that way. J.K. Yeah. Rowling, I think, gets reinterpreted a lot.
0: Well, now I think she does because yeah. of the way of what her how she's come out about stuff lately. Yeah. So, uh, but we're going to post all these notes uh, for all the characters. So that way, if you decide you want to watch fate, stay night, we'll have a list of all the characters so you can follow along. Cause I'm sure you were having a problem figuring out which character is which,
1: no, this is, this is, this is why I like fandom.
0: Yeah. Um, and so I'll have that up on the website here at our, at our website at neurotutorialpodcast.com. Um, and then we continue the conversation at facebook.com forward slash neurotutorialpodcast. Um, and if you have any ideas or interesting ideas, or, or we do, we do also follow all the topics we've covered as well on our Twitter page at nerd underscore tutorial. Hit me up there if you have any ideas or questions, or just want to leave a great review there too. Um, and then again, if you hear it for us on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review for us. It helps us out quite a bit, so other people can learn the nerdy things that mom, my mom, is learning. Yeah. Um, but until then we thank you so much for hanging out with us we hope you stay safe in these weird times and we'll see you again next time Bye -bye. bye